Welcome to the Sticks and Stones podcast, bringing you interviews with people from across the globe who are changing the face of sexual health for the better. This is the place to hear about new approaches and initiatives in sexual health, best practice, challenges, and to meet some of the people who are driving change from around the world. My name is Nick Mallon, and I administer the SDI International Exchange, or Sticks. I hope you enjoy today's conversation, and please subscribe to receive future episodes. Today, we are in the Netherlands, and we'll be speaking to two of the key people in STI research and development, um, Conrad Vermey and Filippo Zingile. Conrad and Filippo work for SoRaids Netherlands, which is the main charity and also have other public sector roles. So Filippo and Conrad are working towards um, improving communication and promotion around STIs. Hope you enjoyed the episode today, it's a good one and we look forward to getting your feedback. So hi, Filippo and Conrad. Thank you both so much for, for doing the podcast. And lovely, lovely to speak to you both. How are you? Thank you, Nick. I'm fine. Yeah, thank you, Nick. I'm fine as well. Good, good. Would you like to take a couple of minutes and just briefly talk about your roles and what you do, just as a, a quick overview? Okay, let, let me start then. My name is Filippo Zimbile. I work both at AIDS Fund, SOA AIDS Nederland, which is an NGO in Amsterdam. The other half of my time, I work for the National Institute for Public Health. And in both functions, I focusing on e-health. So I think I can call myself a email consultant. In the work for RIVM, which is the National Public Health Organization, I work especially for the sexual health clinics of uh, the 25 municipal health centers in the Netherlands. And I try to coordinate their e-health activities so they do not have to reinvent the wheel over and over again. And since last year, I started a PhD process at the University of Maastricht which I do some research how to get to increase the accessibility of public sexual health services. Over to you, Conrad. <laughs> Thank you, Filippo. Yes, yeah, so my name is Conrad Vermeij and I've been uh, working for AIDSFONS and so it's Nederland in the past uh, nine years. Primarily, uh, at least beforehand, I was working as a policy officer and now my function changed to a senior project officer and my current projects are the major research that we do on our young people to monitor and survey their sexual health. And I'm also very active in e-health. And also that takes up most of my time in the week. Uh, Thank you. Thank you both very much. Just sticking with you, Conrad, you mentioned the research that you're doing, especially amongst young people. Are, are there any general trends that you can share with regards to STIs or sexual health in Holland? I think the research that we do happens every four to five years, and we're expecting data earliest next year. So I don't have any data to share at the moment, only the research that we did to prepare for the questionnaire. We surveyed professionals working in youth or welfare and healthcare and prevention, sexual education, 
and we interviewed those professionals to see what they think are priorities and they are very broad so it's very difficult also for professionals to pick and choose what is most important in sexual health primarily uh, want to have a very broad surveillance and very frequent questionnaire and i think preferably they would have data every year of young people and sexual health but yeah we do really see the limits as well of, of conducting a research at this scale especially with the municipal health services that uh, we need to conduct the research because they're really overburdened and the same happens to schools which are overburdened with research projects so we're trying to uh, take a step back and not overburden schools and young people any further so we're going to wait patiently for the next edition to come out and the data to be available end of uh, 2023 yeah if I can add something to that, last week I gave a guest lecture at the University of Amsterdam. So I had some review on the results of the last young people research. And there you saw that some things were changing, like the morale. More young people do have sex without having the feeling of actual falling in love and love. So we see more one-night stands. And we see more unprotected one-night stands. And that's compared to former, how do you call it, measurements. And fortunately, we also see that general knowledge about STIs and the prevention is in a decreasing pattern. So that was, I think, the last meeting was 2017. Is that correct? Conrad? Uh, yeah, correct. Yeah. So we. Yeah, and the one before was 2012. Yeah. So compared to 2012, we saw some well developments which are a bit worrying. Thank you very much. And it, it sounds like a perfect storm, doesn't it? More unprotected sex and, and less knowledge of STIs. So that's worrying. We used to have until 2012, we had a national wide safe sex campaigns and they are uh, withdrawn so we think that's important to to look at alternatives for for big scale information campaigns but that's not in the preparation yet i'm afraid and and why were they withdrawn philippa was it due to resources and covid or other other reasons well i think the major reason was a political one in which the liberal government really had a vision that we should not tell people how to live their lives and we had a good tradition on all kinds of health lifestyle campaigns from alcohol abuse use drug use abuse and also safe sex we were organized in a, well working together uh, learning from from each other's strategies because we are all focusing on young people and all these lifestyle campaigns on health were stopped because of this vision. And of course, the fact that you save some money was also a reason. But most important was the vision that you should not tell people how to live their lives. It's, it's a paradox, isn't it? Because you hear that and there are liberal governments who are saying that. And then you see the rulings that are coming out of the US, which are completely the opposite. So it's difficult times and lots of paradoxes at the moment in the world of 
of sexual health. Exactly, yeah. And what we did have a lot of valuations of campaigns showing that we reached people and that we had effects on determinants of, of safe sex behavior. But one of our mistakes was we didn't have any scientific articles written about our work. So it made it difficult to defend the importance of the national wide campaigns. That's a bit of history, Nick, to start with. <laughs> Thank you very much, Filippo. And always good to, to understand the past before we, we talk about the future. Now, just flipping it to, to Conrad and Filippo, please chime in and, and give your perspective as well. But you mentioned, both of you mentioned the e-health initiatives that you're doing. Would you like to mention a little bit more and how those integrate with the 25 regional clinics in, in Holland? So the 25 and 24 of them have, have a sexual health clinic. Traditionally, they worked on a local uh, basis. So they invite people to go to the clinic and have their consultations uh, over there. Since a few years, they found out, of course, that the digital channels and e-health give opportunities, if it's on prevention or on care, to uh, deliver digital services. And what they are looking for is how they can well, work together on delivering uh, digital services or on a nation uh, level or well, improve or optimize their digital services on a regional or local level by working together. So we now in the Netherlands have, and that's, that's the part where SOAIDS Nederland is also very active. We work according to what we call a step care approach or step care model, trying to uh, give uh, all target groups uh, young people, men who have sex with men, uh, sex workers, a national platform on which they can enter and find all kinds of information, general information about sexual health and STIs. If needed, they can step up to all kinds of tailor-made online applications like Advies.chat, which advises do I need to do an STI test or an application who can advise you on which kind of contraceptive is ideal for my situation, depending on the, the different conditions that are active for you. Or we have uh, serious games which can train your negotiation skills or prevent you from harassment. We work together uh, on a next step with direct advice by information professionals. So you can chat with them, can email them, or you can phone them. This help desk is also a collaboration with a, a core team of STI AIDS the Netherlands and all municipal health centers. So they don't, don't give medical advice, but just information, and they can refer you to the work at the clinics based on the consultations by nurses or medical doctors. So this is a kind of infrastructure we org organize together uh, on the different steps of the step care model. We have different e-health applications. Yeah, and to add to that, 
uh, what you see is that it's quite fragmented. So there's 25 municipal health services in a relative small country that are offering similar services. So what we also try to do uh, from SOA AIDS Nederland is to at least guide uh, people who have a question about sexual health or want to get tested for STDs and HIV to guide them to the best solution by either having them answer questions in an online questionnaire like uh, Advice chat or to go, for example, for men who have sex with men, we work together with several regions to also offer testing uh, free of charge, yeah, to get people who have an STI-related question to the best service. And that's also the context of the step care model to really, yeah, work together effectively to ensure that people get tested faster and get the help that they need in the best way, but also the most affordable way. So that uh, people who might have a more simple question are also helped through perhaps a website or a self-help survey uh, questionnaire instead of going to the clinic. And I'm, I'm familiar with the step care model and I've, I've seen presentations that you've done before, Filippo, which were, were fascinating. Is, is it fair to say or, or describe it as a model that adapts the services to the needs of the user and can be high touch or low touch? based on on what those needs are is is that a fair assumption yeah that that the goal of the of the step care model is that you don't offer uh, more intensive treatment than strictly necessary so one of the goals is to to give as many people access to to uh, the general information platforms and they can based on their needs then can scale up or will be advised to scale up if relevant. So it's really trying to, to stimulate self-care when possible, if needed more intensive care that you can easily find it through the lowest steps of information and care provided. Great. Thank you. That's, that, that's very, very clear. And what is the buy-in from the... 25 different regions, are they bought into the model and into your initiative? How, what, what are the challenges that, that you face in taking it out to them? Conrad already mentioned that they, they are 25 municipal health centers. They, they are independent. So they have no, how do we call it? Uh, cooperation is on a free basis. That, that's maybe an exaggeration, but the, the challenge is to get them to get the same priorities. And I think that the model is, is, is the step care model can help uh, the discussion in where you put the priorities. What they have done is that they, and this is also financial structure of these municipal health centers on sexual health, is that there are eight regions in, in the Netherlands covering all municipal health centers and those eight regions have a coordinating manager this coordinating manager managers have regular meetings and uh, decision making processes and they act as the ones who, who are the clients of of my work as as a, as a national e-health coordinator so together they have agreed upon to 
donate a percentage of their yearly financial means in a shared fund. And with this fund, they finance shared projects and pilots. In order to get more support among the professionals daily practice, since one year, they also appointed eight regional e-health coordinators to make the link between the e-health projects and the daily practice on the work floor. So this is the structure is that they formalized the cooperation with the eight regions and making it possible to have a decision forum to appoint new initiatives and new projects to get e-health more effective. I don't know if that's clear as a description or you have some more questions. No, very, very clear indeed, Philippe. And it sounds really positive that there are initiatives to establish more collaboration and, and integration between between the various groups. And is that something that's new or, or something that's been going on for a while? I think that this works for more than 10 years now. But because of the digital technique, I think since 2016, 15, 16, they formalized the, the digital e-health steering committee because they learned that the digital channels, the, the local relationships changed into more national relationship with clients and that there were a lot of opportunities to work together and to make this, well, make the investments in new technologies more effective. We saw a lot of uh, what, what Colmrad in the beginning of this talk also mentioned, a lot of fragmentation. Pilots were what we call short of breath. So no, no time reserved for implementation and evaluation. And everybody wants to have an app or a website. And that's, that's changed now with more vision and more collaboration. That's really, really positive. And um, are, are there examples of, of that collaboration around specific programs, Filippo or, or Conrad? What we successfully did in the past, but, but they are still, uh, I'm afraid, on a pilot uh, stage, is, is working together on video consultations, uh, developing together, how do you call it, uh, the, the software for the sexual health clinics to make those video consultations qualitatively on a good level. We work together on development of online trainings on sexual health. So if you have pain during sex or you uh, have premature ejaculation or you have problems with the desire for sex, they all work together on the same online trainings, try to optimize them and see how they work in practice. With partner notification, we use we have now a national platform which can be used by all municipal health centers. And I think, uh, and Kungrat can, can describe them, uh, we have some uh, really good tailor-based interventions on STI testing, so Advies.chat and Mantelman, where they work together as well. Yeah, I can also add to, uh, also coming back to the buy-in of the regions, is that without an STI clinic or a municipal health service testing people, 
we cannot reach the people we really want to reach who, who have the highest risk when it comes to contracting HIV or STIs. So they're very vital, the municipal health services, to reach our objectives to uh, yeah, decrease new HIV rates to zero and to really lama dent in the curve for, or the curves of STI rates, decrease STI rates further. So working together with the municipal health organizations is key, but it is also problematic sometimes to upscale interventions that are working in one region and to implement those in new regions. There can be strong technical difficulties implementing a service that is working well for one or in one city to implement it in a different location. Uh, so that's something that we've seen also late the past few years that interventions that have been running since 2007, including Test Lab, has been running for about 15 years now. Yeah, they have grown, but the complexity, especially when it comes to uh, online work and ensuring that uh, people's data is stored safely, that all the protocols are followed, and that instead of ma manual work, computers take over and ensure that uh, people get the results and, the, and that the right person gets the right STD result has become more complicated. And I think that's where we see a big challenge ahead to work together more effectively and to counter more technical barriers that we're facing. And then I think when it comes to Advice Chat there, we see it's a tool that uh, helps people to find the best healthcare provider for a question related to STIs, for instance, the general practitioner or, or the municipal health service or an uh, private online provider of STD testing. And there we also see that, yeah, you do sort of have a seven year life cycle generally of websites and apps. So about every seven years, you need to redevelop a resource uh, because of new security standards or the fact that browsers are always in development and require updates or databases need to be updated. So every, every seven years, you have to cycle of new like a new website, which has become more and more costly as well. So to get the resources for online prevention is, is quite important and hasn't always been so easy to get the funding for online work, especially because the most funding models are more based on clients and STDs being tested. So really testing rates and consultations are being rewarded with funding. It is more difficult to also what Filippo mentioned, to prove the effect of online interventions and to translate that into uh, sustainable funding for online prevention and testing. So there we also see some challenges ahead. Uh, so Filippo, what is very interesting is your, your dual role with SoRAIDS Netherlands and, and RIVM, the public health agency. Are those roles interrelated and do the two bodies work together or are they two separate roles? Formally, they are two separate roles because, well, e-health coordination I do for the public health services for the RIVM are not strictly on STIs. It's, it's broader on sexual health, uh, like like uh, contraception and unwanted pregnancies, things like that. But if we look at the STI and HIV issues, they are very interrelated because SCI, so AIDS Nederland is, is the national uh, expert center and historically developed national 
interventions, national operating interventions like the websites and Advies.net, Man tot Man, and uh, Test Lab. And like Conrad mentioned, the municipal health centers are key with the services, how they are used in pr- daily practice, and the linkage to the uh, consultations. So at this moment, uh, SOA AIDS Nederland well, is looked at as the national uh, key player by local operating municipal health centers. But also due to COVID and the complexity of e-health interventions and, and all the European regulations, we are now really aware that collaboration of, of the municipal health centers, there is need from, for, for a strong national digital player, to, to put it in that way. And I think that at this moment, there are all kinds of explorations. If the National Organization for Municipal Health Centers, which is a koepel organisatie, I don't know, Koenraad, do you know the, the English word for koepel organisatie? No, not, no, neither do I, but maybe like an um, umbrella organisation uh, that represents all the voices uh, from the 25 regions. So there are some explorations if in the, in the, in the future, this umbrella organization should be the national organization to, to support all ICT and uh, software developments for, for the, for the locally operating, uh, sexual health clinics. Yeah. It's, it's complex, isn't it? And technology is such a facilitator, but ticking all the boxes and getting everything right from the data protection to the engagement is a real challenge. But if if you think about it, given that the majority of STIs impact younger people who are going to be more open and and more technology savvy, it's the the only direction to go in really, isn't it? Or or the main direction to go in. At this point, the awareness is, is rising that you need to have strong online service providing as well as offline services. So it's not a replacement, but it's addition. And I think that the awareness also is increasing that for these online services, for these online services, you need specialized teams who can really optimize the processes and and also all the regulation parts for all stakeholders. So in that way, we also looked at, at, at your London example, in which you also see that there is a uh, interesting pre- project team with, with, with specialization. And I, we, we also think that it's very effective to organize it in that way. Also to add to that, we really saw during COVID also things that can go wrong when it comes to per- personal data of users uh, of testing services for COVID. There were some major issues there where the municipal health organizations learned that they really need to be more compliant and uh, more aware of all the GDPR regulations, privacy rules, and safe data access, especially access to data. Yeah, so there were some key lessons learned in the past two years. Collaboration in e-health that will hopefully also benefit STD and STI care in the future. Yeah, and it's very, very similar 
to the step care model that you you mentioned where in in the uk it's called a digital front door where it's about getting people in it's about getting the engagement and then referring them into the appropriate services whether they're online or or physical so really adapting the requirements around the needs of the user so it sounds like a very very similar approach to what you're doing in holland and and tell me a bit about the soarades you know activities and 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 function i know it's a not for profit do you collaborate with other bodies across europe how are those activities structured no i don't i know that the other field the teaching packages we have effective lessons packages called uh, long live love which goes further than what we call problem solving which is also focusing on relationship falling in love the nice parts of love and sex this program has been also exported to italy and in some uh, areas in france and on regular base uh, basis other countries come to the netherlands to see whether they can profit and benefit from the the lessons learned on these teaching packages. That's very interesting. So Holland is in advance on a number of these issues in in comparison to other European countries. I can uh, share some examples of working uh, together with other, primarily MSM, so men who have sex with men, focused groups. We have a history of, for like 10 to 15 years, being engaged in networks of organizations also for sex workers and the men who have sex with men. So much more engaged with communities rather than governments and examples of civil society forums where we're working together with uh, other European bodies that focus on civil society and community engagement in healthcare. So we have that history, but, and more locally. So we have a history of working together with Belgium and we run projects also in the UK and in Spain, Germany. So more bilateral collaborations. And there's, of course, the ECDC, but we don't have a very active collaboration with ECDC other than our contacts through our main funder, the National Health Institute. Do you know any more examples, Filippo? Yeah, what we hear on a regular basis is that the open way uh, sexual health and relationships are discussed within education system can inspire other countries how to go about this subject that's also something we find back in statistics if we look uh, if we're talking about the step care model and how do you service a lot of young people we have a lot of evidence that when looking on topics concerning sexual health they are not looking to find information on STIs or on contraceptions. They are very much looking at information concerning good sex techniques, the parts of the body that are nice to stimulate, how it works. So really on the fun part of sexual health and try this kind of content to use to also motivate them to look further to the the health part but really providing them with fun, enjoy part of sexual health 
motivates them to to visit our platforms. Yeah, that's uh, that's very interesting. And once you've got a captive audience, it's then very easy to promote, or very easy. It's easier to promote other messages that that you want to get across. Yes, that's our strategy, and that that makes them also feel that their needs and interests are taken serious. And certainly that mirrors my experience, Filippo and Conrad, when I look at other European countries or travel, that Holland does seem to be in advance of a number of places. The UK and Holland are probably the two most advanced countries. And also in terms of technological uptake of healthcare as well, in comparison to a lot of other countries and telemedicine. Yeah, if, if you look at the home available internet of course, in, in the whole of Europe, uh, I think that home-based accessibility of internet is high. But especially in the Netherlands and also the UK, home-based internet is almost 100%. And for the sensitivity of the, the, the sexual information, it's important that, that people can have that access at home. In other countries, they sometimes are more, how do you call it, depending on school-based or library-based internet entrance. And that makes it more, more difficult. So the digital infrastructure and knowledge of the, the Dutch population is very high. And of course, you, you have to take into account that some groups are, are not able to, to interact on a digital way. But the circumstances are very favorable for, for digital technologies. A positive step, even though there's a lot of work ahead. So if we were sitting down between the three of us, hopefully face-to-face in, in three years' time, having a beer or a, a coffee, I have to be careful about coffee shops in Holland, but a, a, good, a good espresso, um, what would you have liked to have achieved by then, if, if we're having these con- this conversation again in a, in a couple of years' time? What are your main priorities for the next couple of years? Well, at this moment, one of our major projects is the upgrade of TestLab, and we have experienced some step back last week. What we really want to have is a, a good infrastructure for municipal health centers, hopefully also available for the general practices because if you look at the uh, the STI testing in the Netherlands, uh, most of the STI testing is done by the general practitioners. But a good infrastructure with limited administrative workload, being very client-friendly, hopefully we can achieve that in, in three years. We, we have done the last uh, period, we have, together with several municipal health centers, we contracted one laboratory to provide home-based testing packages. We can work together in buying of the packages. And now we are looking to create an infrastructure uh, accessible and useful for all municipal health centers. So if that would be available in three years from now, I would be satisfied. Uh, Also knowing that one of the problems in the Netherlands is that we have different electronic medical files used by the different municipal health centers, which makes it 
more complicated to invest at this moment in remote platforms, especially because there is this intention to have one nationwide electronic patient file within three or four years. That's my wish for the, for the near future. Understood. Thank you, Filippo. And anything from you, Conrad? I second that. that we really hope to have a nationwide uh, sexual health file or electronic patient file for everyone in the Netherlands to use, and not only to support healthcare providers, but also to support the users, the end users, in accessing good information and accessing prevention, even if their test was negative. So I think that would be great to have a more integrated approach where we not only support people who have an STD, but also support people who thought they had an STD, but uh, were tested negative and are now wondering uh, how to go about further to decrease their risk of STIs. And I think we'll see developments also in the importance that we attach to chlamydia testing that will change over the course of the few years ahead. In the past, we focused a lot on chlamydia testing but in most countries, the large-scale programs for chlamydia testing didn't really work out as they had hoped. Um, so to have a more effective and uh, focused STD and chlamydia screening would be very interesting to have a lower burden of antibiotic treatments at the while still supporting people who have a concern if they might have chlamydia and for people who have chlamydia to see if they will get treatment or not and how they deal with partner notification in the case where someone who may not have symptoms of chlamydia may not access testing as easily as they did before in the years uh, before. So uh, that will be a very interesting time for STD uh, prevention and uh, treatment for sure. And I guess that, yeah, we will see some shift in the paradigm in the coming years. Yeah, you both raised some very, very interesting issues and we could probably have a podcast about National electronic medical records and a very few countries have managed to implement them effectively. And also that right balance between giving people access to screening, but at the same time, making sure that we are targeting the right populations. Fascinating, fascinating questions and, and challenges ahead for, for all of us in, in sexual health. And one, one final question to finish, and I, I always finish with this question, but if you were giving advice to somebody who's thinking about entering the field of sexual health, what piece of advice would you give them? Difficult question. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think to really give a voice to diversity and to, to a positive approach to sexuality. And sometimes it feels like, like you're saying the same thing twice when you say positive sexual health. But to really focus on the fun parts that Filippo also mentioned, and not only focus on preventing and easing the burden of disasters like STIs or uh, unwanted pregnancies, but to really focus on positive, on the positive aspects of sex. Yeah, I think that's a very good point, and well, it's also in line with with our new strategy, and that's the normalization of of STIs. I think that's also good enter on the, on the sexual health world is that it just can happen to everybody and don't make it a, a too, too big of a deal something like that with the positive sexual health message as well thank you 
Thank you both very much. And that shift from SDI treatment to SDI prevention and treatment through to sexual health in general is, is so interesting and, and most definitely, I believe anyway, the, the, the way to go. It's been fascinating. Thank you both very much for your time. Really, really enjoyable. Sticks and Stones is produced by Birdline Media. And if you do have a moment to rate and review us, it really does help other people to find this content. And remember, you can also follow us on Twitter under Sticks STI. That's Sticks STIX STI. Goodbye, and thanks for listening.